2: Could the Dallas Cowboys have two new additions to their backfield this season? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys Podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast locked Network, your locked team
0: every locked day. Locked On. Locked
2: locked on. Locked locked on. On Cowboys. Locked On Cowboys. Locked on Cowboys. Welcome back to the On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, today is a day
1: that you've been waiting for your entire life. How you doing, buddy? i'm doing good man I'm, I'm excited i know everyone else is excited to talk about smallback uh and i and i am i'm interestingly interested in talking about him but no today is hefty back day as far as i'm concerned day, uh yeah. we're gonna be talking about uh two running backs of the cowboys drafted a little bit later but i but i think we'll both will have a pretty sizable sizable see? Uh, impact yeah. on the uh <laughs> on the cowboys backfield
2: yeah so let's uh Again, we're just in case you're not familiar with what we're talking about today. We're talking about Deuce Vaughn, who the Cowboys selected in the sixth round, and then fullback, maybe fullback uh, Hunter Lipke from North Dakota State, who the team signed in undrafted free agency. Let's get to Vaughn first because mm-hmm. I think I mean we know the story by now. His his dad works in the Cowboys the scouting you know department. We've seen that video a million times. It's absolutely awesome. Yeah. But let's talk about the player in the fit with this team, because he, I mean, he's a fascinating player lately.
1: He really is. I mean, you watch him and, uh, you know, the interesting thing about small running backs, right. Especially at the college level is that if you've made it to major college program, uh, while being five, five, then clearly you know how to use your body well and and, and make it difficult for, uh, defenders to tackle you. And, And I think the thing that immediately stuck out, uh, to to me about watching Deuce Vaughn is that he can change direction and change angles without losing speed at all. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's crazy. The, the, he plays with such an intense pace, like it's immediate. Like It's it's like it's, um, he's immediately putting pressure on the, the defense's angles. He's immediately there. There isn't a ton of, uh, you know, I, I, there's a lot of talk about like him hiding behind blocks and waiting, but that isn't like he's sitting behind a guard. Like it's he's taking the handoff and then immediately pressing the hole and then getting through the hole and then he's gone. And suddenly he's not. I mean, we talked. We'll look at it right here. You look at his uh, his his numbers. He, he doesn't blow you away with his long speed or even his his short areas. No, he's not a
2: no. smaller Tony Pollard or anything.
1: Else. No, That's he's not, not his game. No. But but he's so. The speed that he plays at, he can do everything he can throw any move without losing any of that speed. And I think that's what like really kind of throws guys off. He destroys their angles because uh, of the pace that he plays at. He's hard to find to even create an angle. So like if you're a linebacker and anyone who's played linebacker, even at the high school level, you know that it's 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 sensory overload for your eyes right like if you don't have very specific cues you have to watch the center's feet you got to follow the guard's hips your eyes can get overloaded and so imagine having all of that sensory happening at the speed that it happens at the NFL and then trying to find somebody who's half the size of the guy that you're looking through uh, and, and be able to tell not only just to see them like and they're moving quickly but to see them and be able to create a, a, a tackle angle that will get to them in time i think that's what really it, it, you see defenders who just seem surprised right like they're like oh oh like i i didn't quite make the angle correctly and so there aren't a lot of times when you see this guy taking a lot of solid hits because usually he, you know he's he's going to run through arm tackle he's not going to run through arm tackles necessarily but usually the guys like barely get a hand on him as he's running past them so I-, I think that he's he he's not a guy who's gonna break a ton of tackles but and this is maybe more importantly I mean, not a break a lot of tackles physically like running through tackles but but this is more important he's also not a guy who's gonna take a bunch of direct hits because not, guys yeah. aren't gonna be able to get line him up the way that some of these more upright running backs do and, and so I think he's he's going to be a very valuable player, specifically in space.
2: I agree. I mean there's some like jump cuts that he makes that are unbelievable just, and in his ability to string together moves. Yeah, uh, it's it's really, really cool. Now creativity. I will talk, is yeah. Incredible. Yeah. We'll talk about the downsides here. You mentioned not yeah. not gonna break a lot of tackles. I mean, there's times like where guys get one arm on him and are able to just yeah. knock him down. And it's that's just the opposite. Like, I was watching a game today against Oklahoma, and I think his first five runs, he got hit and went backwards. And like, we always talked about how much we love Zeke, that always falling forward, right? Even if he's, talk, you know, hitting the backfield, falling forward, that's not the case for Vaughn. And that's where I struggle to find a comp because the, we've seen shorter running backs come in the NFL, right? Yeah. We, we've seen Maurice Jones, drew was like five, six and a half. We've yeah. seen. Other running backs like this, but none that are 179 pounds. The rest of those guys are 196, 198. And that's to me, that's the, my biggest question is is he just gonna be such a negative in terms of breaking tackles that
1: it's gonna be hard to get up on the field? I don't know. I honestly don't know. The thing that's that's that stands out about uh, a running back who's 5'5", 180 pounds if he's soaking wet. Um is that he runs between the tackles really well. And, and, and it has everything to do with his feet. Like he has he just the best feet in, in, I, I, for a running back I've seen in, in a long time. And, and his eyes and his feet are married in a way that's special. And you combine that with the creativity. And that's why this five foot five, 180 pound guy is being drafted into the yeah. NFL, right? Yeah. Is because his, he has a super skill of that marriage of his eyes, feet, and, and creativity. That is something that okay. he's better than probably every running back who came out. Right. Including so, Bijan John Robinson. Or right. Gibbs. Now, but, but the problem is, is that, yeah, he's still 180 pounds. So he could be creative. He could string together a lot of moves. And then at the end of the run, he may still get blasted well, by a 200 pounds strong safety.
2: And that's why the last couple, you know, days of watching his film, I had a really hard time coming up with a comp. And I know NFL teams care about this a lot. Like if you can't find somebody who is similar, you typically don't get drafted. And again, yeah. a lot of those other running backs like Tariq Cohen had like legitimate 4'3 speed or Maurice Jones Drew was 207 pounds at five six. The The comp that I wrote down, the player that he reminds me the most of is Danny Woodhead. Who played with the Jets and yeah. the Patriots and the Chargers, where he was a small back like this, but ran through, you know, ran between the tackles. Didn't have elite speed, but was an absolute weapon in the passing game because you throw him the ball underneath, he can make a linebacker miss because he's so low to the ground, he's so flexible. But that has a lot of value, and I I, I could see him having a similar type of career.
1: Imagine a play where the Cowboys sinned. Three receivers on deep routes. Like, let's say it's two nines in and in a post in the center, right? You've got all that coverage pushed back. You've got your linebackers taking extra deep drops. And then suddenly this guy slips out of the backfield. You swing him the ball, and there's not a defender within five yards of him. Yeah. That is a nightmare.
2: Well, I, I think things. he's going to be like, more dangerous in like the, just the short underneath routes, not even to the sideline, just like that little outlet route where it's one-on-one with him and a linebacker, yep. and he can go either way, right? He's not, he's not forced to cut back inside because of the sideline. That's where I think he's going to have the most value. It,
1: Frankly, we've seen him go down the field. Like, yeah. I, I, he can even go down. Look, here's the thing about him. He's not big, but where he is, where he does have good size, is that he's got nine-and-a-half-inch hands. Like, that's, that's a good size hand, which means that he's not going to fumble the football a lot. We, we've seen that. I think he has three career fumbles in, in his whole career. Sure. And, and he and he doesn't drop the football. So I do think that as a receiver – I mean, look, you're not going to use him as a receiver. But no. as that last guy on the roster that's on the – not on the roster, but last that 11th man that's on the field in the passing attack, outlets, a yes. little bit deeper stuff, one-on-one stuff, he's going to win that. As long as the ball can get to him, he's going to gain positive yards. Which
2: it be. will because the Cowboys have an accurate quarterback in Dak Prescott. So for that reason alone, I think he fits well in the offense. I want to ask you about his fit specifically on this team with Tony Pollard with some of the other running backs the Cowboys have next. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and the calories? Then you need to try the absolute best tasting protein bar ever. You're going to love it. I promise you. If you're like me, you're trying to be a little bit healthier as we get into summer and beach season, but you don't want to compromise on taste. We've got just the thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs, they're healthy, and they taste amazing. What makes them taste so amazing? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real dark chocolate, and they come in so many unbelievably great flavors, including churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. Not sure how Built does it, but only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein, And now you don't even have to wait to get a box. You can run in. uh, You still can go to built.com, order your boxes there, but you can run into your Walmart or your local Sam's Club, pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate bar, or the coconut puff at Walmart. Or if you live near Sam's Club, check out the brownie batter puff or the churro puff, and you can thank us later.
1: This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
2: Thank you for making Lot on Cowboys your first listen every day. Every day or on Monday. Landon and I will look at some more of the Cowboys' undrafted free agents and some players that we think uh, have a pretty good chance of making the roster. Make sure you tune in for that on Monday. Landon, how do you think Deuce Vaughn fits this Cowboys team currently? And do you expect him to make the 53-man roster?
1: Oh, yeah. I definitely do. I expect him to make a 53-man roster. I think that they're going to have to have a plan for this guy. Um, I, You know, I I imagine his role similar to Tony Pollard's role, except not last year's Tony Pollard's role, right? Like, like rookie a, year Tony Pollard? Yeah, like the rookie year Tony Pollard role, right? Except I imagine that he might even be more involved as a receiver than Pollard was, right? I, I Just because... They really didn't use Pollard as a receiver as much as they should have probably, probably early on. Yeah. Um, and I think this is that's one of the things where this guy is going to really be valuable is, is if you can give the ball to him with even just a little bit of space, he creates so well. Look, we talked about it, He's not going to break tackles, but no. by the time you get your hands on him, he's probably traveled 10 or 15 yards. So uh, I, I think that that you know I would not at all be surprised to see him on jet sweeps, on stuff like that, because think about it. He's not... He's not that guy. That's like you know, Lucky Whitehead or, or or some of the other guys who are pure speed guys. But if you give him the ball and the handoff behind the line of scrimmage after the snap, I mean, will anybody notice? <laughs> like,
2: and, no, and you won't they, be able to see him, right?
1: Yeah, and so I, I think it, at the very least, he becomes that much more dangerous as a as a uh, jet sweep guy who doesn't get the ball. Because they'll have to they'll have to uh, respect that because they can't automatically confirm whether or not he has the ball. I, so I think that I think pass stuff. Uh, you know, look, you can't really keep him in as as a pass protector, which is uh, which is what you know they did with Pollard as well. So, and then the, I think the big area where I'm hoping for the most improvement and where I hope that he can add an element to this team that has been lacking. For years, and I am sick of it. I hope that Deuce Vaughn brings the screen game back to the Cowboys. Because the Cowboys have desperately needed a true screen game for years. And this is something that they've been missing for a long time. I think Vaughn is deadly on screens. If you get him the ball, again, same principles. He's hard to find. You get him out in space and with walkers in front.
2: Yeah. That's really, really, really
1: dangerous. Yeah.
2: I agree. Like He is a... I mean, I can't think of a better like Andy Reid style screen back, yeah. right? They had all those guys before Brian Westbrook and Carol Buckhalder and all these, those guys were all a little bit bigger, obviously, but not too dissimilar. Uh My, here's my issue. He doesn't have any experience as a kicker returner. He no. doesn't have any experience as a punt returner. Yeah. and no experience on any special teams coverage. And frankly, he just doesn't have the size and in yeah, I mean, you can't, do that.
1: like You can't send him down the field to go tackle somebody. Come on.
2: So can you can you roster a running back, that, a third running back that doesn't give you anything on special teams? I think you can, but it's going to take some quirky roster construction to do yeah, so.
1: Yeah, that's what it's going to take. Flexibility elsewhere, right? And that's why you go and find down roster positions Uh, that can play special teams is because you never know where you're going to have a spot where you want to keep a player because he plays a very important specific role, but you can't get him on special teams for whatever reason. Right. And so uh, I think that this, you know, this, this will be a situation where they're going to have to figure out whether that's a fourth running back that they have to bring on that does play special teams or just one of these other down roster guys uh, you know, that they have to well, they keep on that, that does, a position that doesn't necessarily normally play special teams that you're able to kind of fit an extra guy in there. So
2: this is a good transition because I was thinking about this yeah. today, That's just kind of cool. doing my initial 53 man roster. I, I think the Cowboys will have to, they're going to carry seven combined players from running back to tight end.
1: Oh my Got God. It. How did we not talk about this? And you're about to say what my, what well, my it's, point is. Go ahead. But Go ahead. It, right.
2: It's, I don't think you can keep eight and I think seven is the number. Now you've got to find a way to make it work. And maybe the way that you make it work right. is by having somebody like Hunter Lepke, uh, Lipke from North Dakota state who the Cowboys signed an undrafted free agency. Uh, because if you keep four running backs, but you have a quote unquote back that can maybe do some stuff as a H back and as a tight end, maybe you can keep somebody like Deuce Vaughn. So let's talk about Hunter Lepke. Uh, what did you see in this player?
1: Yeah, and and, and just to point out, I think that that's, that's exactly what I had in mind, too, is that what you've got in this guy and why I think Lipkey is going to make the team and make, make the game day roster is because, well, first of all, they paid him like a guy who's going to make the team and make make the game day roster. But second of all, without before talking about the player himself, I, I think this guy could play tight end for you. I mean, if you need a, a fourth tight end or, or someone to kind of fill in, if you have to, he could be your running back. He could be your fullback. He could play special teams. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Lifke. Obviously, we've been talking about this for a long time. I think the thing that I love about him the most, and, and just to kind of start off with this, right, is that. You know, fullback is not the same position that it, it was before. Even now, when you see a fullback, it's not. You're never going to see probably, well, at least for a little while, you're never going to see the Moose Johnsons come back, right? The no, and I've seen
2: some people compare him to Moose Johnson. He's not anything
1: like Moose that's ridiculous, at all. guys. Yeah. Like he's not even he's this guy is not even um, Mike So Well, I, right. I mean, I, I was going to say this for later, but I
2: think his biggest weakness is blocking. Honestly. Like I, I, think right-
1: that, I think that that's where he's most overrated, for sure.
2: Oh, yeah. I just think when you think about everything else in his game, he is so much better as a receiver and as a runner than he as a blocker. And most of the time, when North Dakota State had him blocking, it wasn't as a fullback. It nope. was as an in-line tight end, yep. and he was okay there. Like you could, when they got him out on the move, and he was blocking in space. He was fine, but like as an in-line guy or somebody as a fullback, I, I think he's going to struggle there at least early on.
1: Yeah. I think that there's room for improvement there. Sure. I mean, look, this this guy was treated almost as exclusively as a running back at North Dakota state. I and mean, yes. he definitely played, you know, what you talked about, lined up as a tight end. They had other running backs. They had other guys, but let's talk about him as a ball carrier because that's really exciting. Like he, yes. he runs with the ball really well. He's very uh, straight line, strong player. Um, you're not necessarily going to see a bunch of wiggle, but he has really good explosion. I mean, He ran a uh, he ran a four was it a four six one but he had a one five ten yard split which is faster than Deuce Vaughn and and at two hundred thirty pounds like that's a lot of force coming at you you know pretty pretty quickly but I'm pretty sure I looked it was the second
2: or third fastest among all the running backs in this class I think Bijan Robinson had a one five two
1: yeah. So just to show you, and again, at 230 pounds, this guy is. So yeah. just to show you what kind of athlete he is. And then on top of that, when you watch his tape, the blocking, the running, those aren't the things that stick out. What sticks out is him as a receiver. He has incredible body control for a guy that is, you know, is 6'1", 230. That's a very squatty body type, but you see him running – wheel routes where he's jumping and making one-handed catches down the field. You you see him, you know, just fluidly getting in and out of breaks and and creating separation. Again, he's at North Dakota state. I understand that the competition isn't always the same, but again, like what you see him physically doing on the field is stuff. You don't normally see someone who gets labeled as a fullback and you're, you're 100% right. Like blocking is probably his, the weakest part of his game. But I, I mean the he's he's serviceable as a blocker to the I point just where – don't think he's
2: I don't think you want to use him in like a power eye formation and run try to run downhill with him being no. the lead blocker. That's not You his want game. him
1: running the football. You want right. him being the one running yeah. the ball when, when, right. when that's happening. I that's agree. just not his game. He's not blowing up defensive tackles in the A gap. No. Right? Like that's right. just not that's not who this guy is. Um but he is a service of block, but blocker. He can line up in the in the fullback position and seal guys off to the point where you won't necessarily be certain what he's doing when he's on the field. He's not so much of a like only receiver fullback that like he won't, you know, like that they would put him out on the field only in receiving situations. No, he will no, no. be a blocker. I, I I think he can pass block, which is another area where you could use a guy like this because you're you're potentially going to be missing that which, role since you're talking about Pollard and Deuce Vaughn being. Which, the by the way, we've back.
2: seen Mike McCarthy in the past, like when they got on to third and seven, third and eight, they wouldn't be you know, a running back back there. It would be John Kuhn back there protecting yeah. Aaron Rodgers. So we, we do know that he's okay putting this type of guy in the backfield to block on third down. Uh, I want to talk about his role with the Cowboys this year, and then I've got a comp for you
0: Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state.
2: All right, we are back here talking about the Cowboys fullback, running back, tight end, Hunter Lipke from North Dakota State. Uh, I thought about this a lot, Landon. Here's my comp. Because he's not a great blocker, but his game is being able to do everything pretty well, and especially as a receiver. What about some Richie Anderson vibes from ah. the early 2000s, right? Remember when Richie Anderson was with the Cowboys in like 2003 and yeah. he caught like 70 passes and also could run the ball in short yardage. I kind of feel
1: like that's what Lipke is going to do for Dallas. Yeah. Richie Anderson was a guy that, I mean, that year that the Cowboys went to the playoffs was it 2003, 2003. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was basically the offense <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, in a lot of ways, you know, like, I mean, I, I, but did he, did you say he led the team in receptions? I think, right? uh, I think or, he was or,
2: second on the team in receptions that year, 60, 69 catches for 493 yards. I that's a
1: lot of catches, a lot yeah. of yards for, a fullback. Uh, but right? also had
2: 70 carries. Also had a game where he threw like four passes. Like that's right. He could just, again, Richie Anderson was not a, he was not a bad blocker, but that's just not the type of fullback yeah. he was. He was a utility guy. And I feel like that's what Lipke's gonna have to be in the NFL.
1: Yeah, and that's funny because the name that immediately popped into my head, and I think I shared this with you, uh, when I went back and watched him again some more, uh, was Peyton Hillis. You know, mm. it was that, and he's not quite yeah, I like that. that talented. But I think as far as a physical matchup, like they are almost identical. Sure. Uh, and and I and, I, and so I, I think that's the kind of running back you'll you'll get when he's running the football. Um, I, I mean, look, I love this guy. I think he's a great fit. I, I, I love these types of players who are, uh, you know, Jeff Heath was one of these guys, right? Where he's going to be able to do a lot of different things for you. Sure. He's so valuable. Then on top of like the versatility value, he also will give you good snaps at the positions you're putting him in. Yeah. You know, like he's not just a, oh, plug a hole guy. Like this is a guy who will thrive when you give him short yardage carries will thrive when you uh, let him run out uh, in, in, in passing reception situations. So uh, I think I, 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 the reason I requested that we do this pod together with these two players is because I think the yin and yang of these two players is really important. And it really helps to complete the Cowboys backfield because of the kind of the missing skill sets that they each have that they both fit with yes. together, right? Well, like, it, as as a the other compliment thing is, to Tony Pollard,
2: it, let's say you do decide to keep Lipkey and Vaughn, and obviously you have Tony Pollard. I still think there's room for another running back. I think you want yep. that other guy that's a little bit more dynamic that has some size. Maybe that's your Malik Davis or Ronald Jones, mm-hmm. and then you just go light at tight end. You keep yeah. Luke Schoonemaker, uh Jake Ferguson, and Peyton Hendershot with the idea that Lipkey could give you. If you want to, you know, have that fourth tight end, he can give you seven snaps there, right, as an H back or whatever. Yeah. And together, those two positions are married, and you get seven guys, just like you had last year. And you might end up being better at both of those spots.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's you know, and again, pour one out for your boy Sean McEwen if that's the case. But but that's probably
2: who Lipke's fighting with for a roster. Spot. I,
1: I, I honestly, I think so. Right, like very much so. So. Uh, and, and it's interesting that we, we've kind of phrased that. It's very funny that we both came up with that. I swear we did not comment yeah. on that separate to each other, but it's funny that we both kind of came up with that on our own. But I agree. I, I think the value of having a Hunter Lipke is because all the things we talked about of him as a player, but then on top of that, on game day roster building time, he can be a valuable piece through for every single position except mm-hmm. for offensive line and wide receiver on your on your offensive depth chart.
2: I also think it's interesting that they – they brought back Rico Dowdle, who you might be able to throw in the practice squad. So if something were to happen to Lipke, yeah. you can bring up Dowdle. And I don't think he's as talented as Lipke is, but at least you have similar you know, styles of games. Or maybe you keep Sean McEwen on the practice squad. You yeah. kind of flip these guys back and forth just depending on the matchup and stuff. Yeah. But there's a lot to like about him. And, man, I, I could just see him being one of those guys that plays – 17 snaps on offense. He's on every single special teams unit, but there's also a game where you need him to get 11 carries because Tony Pollard got a little bit nicked up and you've got a lead in the second half. Like there's so many different
1: hats that he can wear on game day. I, I want this type of player on my roster. I just had a vision of him as the up back on a punt team taking a direct snap on a punt and running for, oh, yeah. you know, Perfect. 10 we haven't done I mean, that he can do all that kind of stuff. Right? Bones would just have a heart attack. It would be awesome. Oh, yeah. Bones right. is going to love this kid. Oh, I, mean, I don't yeah. know. He didn't play a ton of special teams. He play, He definitely has special teams experience, and he clearly has the profile to play all the special teams. But I I, I think Bones is going to absolutely love this yeah.
2: kid. All right. That is it for today's show. Thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen of the day. Again, on Monday. Landon and I will be back to break down some of the more uh, high-profile undrafted uh, free agents. I mean, they've got a ton, and there's some really good players on uh, the Cowboys list. I mentioned it to you before, but they signed 10 undrafted free agents that were in Dane Brugler's top 300 players in this draft. It's pretty impressive. So we'll be back on Monday to talk about some of those guys you can follow Landon on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you guys next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.